Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Kristoff and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Bretto. Yes, Damien. Hey, uh, I'm going to go to Ikaria again. And, uh, and Marcus is going as well. And we're going to take 20 people with us to Ikaria to learn more about longevity. If any of our listeners would love to come along to Ikaria with us, then just go to 100notout.com.au, I think it is, and, uh, and check us out. See if it's for you. See if you'd like to come with us, because this episode is brought to you by the 100 Not Out Longevity Tour. Today, we've got a really interesting guy. He's a fascinating guy, young guy who's going places, I reckon, Damo. Mm, he really is. I was quite, uh, as the interview grows, kind of warmed up to him. Like he's a, he's a guy with obviously a whole lot of confidence. He's had a journey. He's, uh, he's really super young. Like he looks 15 years old in his book cover. He looks maybe 15 and a half on his internet website. Um, but the wisdom that this guy has through his life experience over just the last nine years is profound. Everything from financial wins and gains to health wins and gains and lots of changes. It's a really fascinating interview. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of Brendan Bouchard, Damo, as we were going through. Some people may know of him, some people may not, but his whole journey right from the car accident through and um, obviously more in the health and wellness space, which is cool. And uh, But it's fascinating to hear his insights into health and wellness and keeping it simple and, and how to get people on track. I think you know a lot of stuff about you know asking great questions is really important and, and just a really cool philosophy and approach, I reckon. So, it's a really enjoyable podcast. Yeah, for a guy that seems to get a whole lot done he's got a calmness about him he um yeah. he, you know off off the air in terms of our communication um he's quite intense you know it's like you know what's happening when are we doing what's the deal for today we're on today all this sort of stuff like within seconds so he's very very prepared and very very structured and all that sort of stuff but when you speak to the guy he's actually quite calm and quite laid back quite relaxed it's it's really quite a nice interview yeah, I think it's great. And I think, you know, to achieve that much and still be so calm at such a young age, he's definitely got some stuff to share. So let's get into it, Damien. He's got a big future. He's got a big future. Hi, this is Damien. And this is Brett. Brett, it's nice to be here with you again today and uh, and interviewing a young, exciting, um, up-and-coming uh, mover and shaker today. I know. I know. Remember when we were that young, Damo? I'll tell you what, we weren't doing anywhere near as cool as stuff. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it. At the age of 25, um, I hadn't even started studying chiropractic at that point. In fact, I just about finished my, my naturopathy degree. And uh, in fact, I finished at the age of 25 naturopathy and started working at the age of 26 as a naturopath. And then Jackson was born when I was 26. And um, and so, you know, my, my life kind of changed. It was all very, very different. I certainly wasn't mm. um, doing the things that this young kid's doing. It's unbelievable. I know. I know. It's exciting. It's exciting. We're getting right at the start too. So imagine in 10 years' time and we interview him again because, of course, we'll be still doing the wellness guys in 10 years. And uh, <laughs> imagine be. where we'll be then. We'll Super be exciting. 16 years into podcasts. I don't know if podcasts will <laughs> still be around then. We'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see we'll with be, the personal computer. We'll be beaming into people's homes in you know, virtual reality or something. It'll be yeah. great. Holograms, mate. Holograms. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Hey, we're interviewing Jordan Travis today. And uh, Jordan is a fitness trainer. 
Um, he's a personal trainer and a holistic health coach. And he's based actually here in Melbourne, albeit he's on the other side of the arrow. He's uh, over in Fitzroy. He works at a gym called Fifth Element Wellness and uh, seems to be going really well over there. He specializes in personal transformation for high-performance individuals who want to increase their productivity and their life satisfaction through their optimization of their own health. Um, he had a big smash when he was 16 years old. He smashed a moped. So did my wife, actually. She smashed a moped. Maybe that's the catalyst because she's a high roller she goes well and uh and he was flying in at around 60 60 miles an hour i don't know what that is in kilometers that's 100 k's an hour isn't it yeah that's crazy that's um i used to i rode around on a vespa when i was at uni demo and I, there's no way i could have got that thing up to 100 <laughs> Mate, i know well, this, guy, <laughs> this guy was at 16 years old did that so i don't know what the heck he was driving a moped at 16 years old probably deserved it we'll find out hey uh we're joined today by a young fella jordan travers he's coming to us all the way from fitzroy clifton hill and uh, in melbourne jordan it's great to have you here G'day, gentlemen. It is awesome to be here. Thank you. Hey, um, long-time listener and uh, first-time caller, it's good to have you on here. Um, Jordan, tell us a little bit about how you became involved in the fitness industry and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit there with my moped crash. Um, I did smash it into the back of the truck at 60 kilometers an hour and my... Uh, Shin hit the tow bar and um, completely obliterated wow. you know, any remnants of a shin bone. Um, and the helmet had crushed my trachea, and so I really couldn't breathe or couldn't talk or anything like that. So they put me in a coma, um, which was obviously an interesting experience. And I uh, woke up a couple of days later and obviously had a long, long journey of recovery, both physically and mentally. Um, and I was exposed to a lot of uh, really great men and women and you know in the nursing and um, surgeons and counselors and you know naturopaths and everything and so I guess that is definitely the turning point in my life where I really thought that I would like to dedicate every waking moment to really understanding health and you know holistic health and fitness and, and how best to optimize the body and the mind for a for a healthy happy life so that was really the initiation. Uh, if you like, into health and wellness. And so how did that work for you, mate? Because I'm thinking like when I'm 16 years old, I'm yeah. still living at home. I'm still <laughs> going to school. Like, how, do you, yeah, how do you immerse yourself in health and wellness? Were you still at school? Did you quit school? Did you stay at school and start studying after hours? Like what did you do? Yeah, I was still in school. So that was the end of year 11 when I did that. And um, obviously had a pretty miserable summer. All of my mates were at the beach and partying and having a good time. And I was stuck, uh, you know, pretty much bedridden um, for a few months and then on crutches and, you know, missed my uh, championship basketball year, which was a huge kick in the teeth when you're 17. Um, and I guess... I then started after university, I was pretty keen, so after high school, I was pretty keen on um, learning phys physiotherapy and I didn't get in. I actually got into biomedical science and I applied myself to that 100% and you know, then I started studying pre-medicine along the side um, and had the full ambition of becoming a medical doctor. I think when I was young, I probably didn't really have the confidence to go for that type of thing. But uh, after a couple of years at university, I was really keen to, to go for that big ambition. Um, and so I was obviously studying university, but at the same time, I was 
you know, listening to amazing podcasts like the Wellness Guys and, and, and other ones in health and fitness and um, reading a lot of the books that you don't really find in the universities, you know, things along the lines of paleo and gut health and, you know, um, I guess yoga and things like that. So it's like, it's kind of been a combination of, um, I guess, professionalism, uh, professional development, as well as really going by my own and, and understanding this other side of holistic wellness that wasn't documented um, in a university curriculum. It's been really fascinating, like reading your book. You sent me your book a few, it must be a couple of months ago now because I took it over to Cambodia and had a little read over there of it. And I, uh, I was fascinated because you talk about moving away from a traditional practitioner model and, and working towards gaining your knowledge outside of, I suppose, uh, what would be a traditional model of education. Um, and you've given us some kind of insight into, you know, where you might have gleaned some of that information from. But do you find that that limits you at all? Like, do you feel that um, any further education, kind of a formal kind of model might assist you moving forward? Or do you feel like, and this is good for young kids out there who are aspiring to be professionals, do you feel like you can learn enough um, and do a good enough and safe enough job without formal education in that regard? I think, and it's a good question, I think if I didn't have that, biomedical science degree it would be very very difficult to understand um and join the dots of what other experts in the world were saying and to distinguish between well that sounds like a charlatan and that sounds yeah. like something yeah. really knows what you're talking about so yeah i think you need both to be honest it's it's the understanding of you know the language of health and then okay what are other people saying who perhaps might not get a um a voice in, in the university. But, you know, that said, I think it's also, um, I have to pay compliments to certain mentors and people who've um, taught me just through direct influence rather than, you know, behind a lectern with a, uh, a blackboard behind them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad you said that because there are a lot of um, health crusaders out there that kind of, um, you know, bandy the word wellness around and they haven't uh, got any any undergraduate they've just kind of got a hobby in health and wellness and all of a sudden become quite prescriptive with their thing but having at least an undergraduate and an understanding of the language i think is really important and you, you raise a really great point there so i'm glad you you pointed that out and made that differentiation because you obviously you went on then to study fitness and and uh so that i mean that's and that in itself uh can be um a pretty light on course but you've gone on to you know do greater things than just I suppose, a very simple, basic personal training sort of career, haven't you? You're doing a lot more now. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, I think I finished the PT course in two weeks. Like, wow. Obviously the, really? Is that right? And, yeah, when I was doing the uh, exam, the, I remember the examiner basically with the practicum was just like he was already ticking me off as um, certified. And it was basic. I was just thinking – this is scary of how many thousands of personal trainers, you know, fitness instructors, whatever you want to call them, are being launched into the industry each year and they're going to be faced with complex clients and they won't have any idea what to do or they might even think they know what to do and then prescribe something dangerous. So that was a little bit concerning. So 
Jordan, what about age? Because, you know, a lot of people will look at you and say, this guy is 25. You know, they'll look at your website and think he looks like he's about 19. <laughs> and they're going to, and they will think, why would I go to this guy for advice on my health and well-being? But you obviously have clients who come and see you, you know, looking on your website for personal coaching. You run retreats. You're training clients who are often much older than you, you know, often in the corporate settings where, you know, they're obviously very experienced in their own field and their own sphere. Um, how do you deal with that? I guess from a, uh, you know, I mean, I'll think back to myself and think like when I was 25, my level of life experience was nowhere near what it is now. So how do you work that work through that with these clients who are often much older than yourself? It's a good question. Um, I don't pretend to know their whole life situation. I just try and ask, you know, what do they really want to get out of it? Um, you know, out of the journey together and I guess what are the things in the way and, and often if you just ask the right questions and listen, they'll be able to tell you, mm. you know, as much as you need to help them in their pursuits of optimal health. I don't think it has to be crazy complicated where, you know, I don't need to be a lawyer to understand the life of a lawyer, um, you know, for them to get healthy. It's just you ask them what are their challenges, what are their daily routines, and how, how can we work together to, to organize their life so that they can prioritize their health and, and feel great again. That's a great point. That's a really great point. And I suppose that's a skill in the art of a practitioner, so maybe it's in your bloodstream, mate. Maybe you've, uh, you've got that. You, you know, you're born with it. It's DNA. Um, I really love it, Jordan. Um, question, um, what have you learned along the way um, that I suppose you've refined because you know at 16 we're talking nine years ago you almost ended your life um, having a big smash actually just quick question how come you were driving a car on a road at 16 years old what's the story there in WA you can have a scooter license at 16 and a, and a right all right there you go <laughs> I mean, is, is that like a 50cc scooter or that's like a full however big you want it to be I think it's 50, 50cc you can't get it up you know, up to 70 kilometers on a downhill is probably top speed. Right. Wow. There you go. Fascinating. Uh, so <laughs> what have you learned? Because there would have been a bit of a journey. You've seen naturopaths and, you know, there are some naturopaths out there that just prescribe a bucket load of supplements and go, go away, you'll be right. Um, and there's a, a other group of naturopaths that work very holistically and work with nutrition and then maybe use some supplementation, probably a bit more like a nutritionist. Um, and then there's GPs that prescribe drugs like crazy and there's other GPs who care a bit more than that. And, um, and you would have gone through different diet regimes too. And obviously, um, on the front cover of your book, uh, which is a great book, by the way, uh, Man Alive, Free Your Mind, Reclaim Your Health, Discover Your True Nature, the front cover, you've actually got Paleo Pete writing you a, uh, a little comment there saying, Jordan has identified all the ingredients for a healthy life, put these simple practices into play and reap the benefits. So he's given you you know, quite a nice little um, comment there to put on the front of your book. What have you refined and what have you learned along the way? There's been so much. I mean, every single day when you're out in the field of um, being, a, I guess, a professional, health professional, you, you learn something new. And if you're not, you're not paying enough attention. Well, I think, um, you know, in the book, I talk about how health doesn't need to be complicated. And I think back in the day when I first really started getting into it, it was I think the biohacking scene was even more exciting back then and I was really into quantified self and all these nuanced things that um, no one really could do unless they were a you know uni student who was super keen on health. And so 
I guess being more immersed in the real world with people who have jobs and families and can't dedicate you know every single waking moment to reading books and listening to podcasts and re- reading peer-reviewed literature, etc. You just got to make it simple. And so that's why I break the book down to you know four simple parts, sections, and um, you know talk about the really easy, practical steps to get a handle on these parts of your body, of your life, and, um, you know, then I guess, as Pete says, reap the benefits. <laughs> and so, Jordan, your four things you talk about, you know, many people will look at that and say, yep, yeah, mind, you know, a lot of people talk about the emotional side of things. You've got nutrition, which a lot of people are very familiar with and, and focused on, you know, movement obviously is something that's very common. But as one of your four major pillars, you've included in that nature um, and so for a lot of people, that's not something they would put up on, I guess, such a high pedestal. But it's interesting. We were talking about this a little bit on the show. We spoke about it with Fuad while Damo was away. It's been something that's come up a little bit in recent times. So why is nature such an important part that it became one of your four key pillars? Well, I mean, it's where we come from. It's it, We now live in a, a smog-filled pollution, you know, flooded city with uh, trams whizzing by and mobile phones going crazy, emails, we spend all the day sitting in a chair in front of a computer. It's like this is so far removed from the millions of years of evolution that we've had that it, it, do, it doesn't make sense to not include it in the top four. You know, how much time are you really spending out in just the park even or at the beach or, you know, in a forest? It's such a basic question that no one is really asking and I find that a little light switch goes off sometimes and a few people when when they're in a really stressed out situation and they've got a lot of inflammation and their body's just not coping with their daily life that well and it's like if you ask them that question, you know, how often do you take your kids out to nature and it's all go to the footy? <laughs> well, that's not, that doesn't quite count, unfortunately. There's a big grass, but, you know, there's no trees, there's no ocean. And so I think it's just so important to include that in the, you know, my top four sort of focuses of health. Oh, it's really great, mate. I love the idea of it. And, and recently, obviously, is uh, the microbiome and people talk about, um, you know, different ways in which you can enhance the microbiome on the body, not just in the gut. One of the greatest ways is to get out of nature, roll around in the dirt, go for a swim in the surf, not necessarily in the bay, but, uh, you know, and maybe not the Arrow River, but finding ways in which you can actually get out into nature and, uh, and and interacting, I think, is great, not only for grounding, but, yeah, good on you. It's good that you put that in your top four. I really like that. Um, where do you start? So, you know, you, you sit down with a new client and they come in to see you and say, I want to transform my life. But obviously, you're going to do a bit of a case history, find out what's actually going on with them. But from a priority perspective, um, let's say, for example, someone's got a little bit of dietary stuff they've got to fix up and maybe a little bit of fitness stuff and they don't spend much time outdoors. Do you have a priority? Do you, I mean, obviously, there's four things there, but do you have a priority? You go, okay, this is probably the most important thing that you need to sort out first. Where do you go with that? It's mm, a good question. Um, I think, if the, you know, everyone's always keen on the top top one thing. Um, at the end of the book, I break it you know, write down if these are the only things that you could do, the only things that you only had time for would just be, you know, do some form of breath work, learn how to breathe. And then another thing is get outdoors and try and prioritize your sleep. 
you know, it's it's and those two usually go hand in hand when, when a lot of people aren't sleeping that well. It's because they're spending so much time with artificial stimulus of light and electromagnetic frequencies and things, and and then they wonder why they're stressed and can't sleep and, and so forth. So there's there's breathing, there's there's sleep, there's doing some form of elimination diet. You know, where where it's we have so much choice when it comes to nutrition that it's it's just overwhelming. And you know, when you talk about gluten free, sugar free, dairy free, vegan, um, there's just so many options. And which one you do? Well, let's eliminate all the ones that we know cause some form of inflammation or allergic response in most people. You know, and, and when people have an over a chronic inflammation overburden. They're probably going to experience some form of um, immune issues when they're having gluten or maybe even dairy and eggs. And so, just spending four to six weeks cutting out all that sort of stuff um, can be really, really beneficial. And it also teach them a lot about nutrition as well. And then the other thing is with movement, and this is this is. Not so much like the top three exercises to do. This is a shift in paradigm, a shift in thinking that dedicating three or four hours of your week to exercise is not quite cutting it. It should more be about, you know, let's think about how we move through the world. And when you're sitting in a chair, you're still moving. You're just not moving in a way that is probably conducive optimal living so how about we think about maybe moving through life with a thought that more movement is quite often better now there can be too much movement and there's a lot of nuances with that but it's more about let's understand movement not through exercise but that we are human and this is what we're supposed to be doing so and i gave you lots of things there and, and if i had to narrow it down to one thing it would be a focus on why the person wants to change. What is the actual stimulus for their reason for coming in? Yeah, that's perfect, mate. And that leads right into the next question I was going to ask you about because one of the things in your appendix is a section on what does success look like? And I think that's such an important question to ask. And obviously, there's no one answer. But I think for each individual to figure out what success looks like is such a key strategy in order for people to be able to actually make sure that they're not just doing lots of stuff, but they're actually doing stuff that helps them get towards their own definition of success. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, e and each one of those you know, case studies in that section is totally different. And sometimes people haven't reached their goal yet, but it's that they've adopted the great healthy habits that have allowed them to you know, at least be on the path. And that, that's a success as well. And so how do people figure out what success looks like for them? I mean, a lot of people seem to be a bit lost and they're not sure what they want, let alone how to get there. It's the age-old question, why? You keep asking why enough and you eventually get to the right, the right understanding of why you're doing something. And it's, so for success, to understand that, it's like I want to get healthy or why so that I can lose weight or why um, so that you know my child can wrap their arms around me again and give me a big hug. That's a pretty emotive, um, you know, inspiring success metric in my opinion 
yeah, getting finding their inspiration. I think that's a uh, I think that's a good thing rather than finding just their motivation. Finding their inspiration is a goodie. Hey, I'm going to switch uh, change tracks here because Jordan, um, beyond obviously you're grabbing life by the throat or you're grabbing life by the <laughs> horns or whatever. Like you're just making the most of it. The, I, I read a little report here. You're you're world famous in Melbourne these days because you turn two thousand dollars into like a million bucks. Like you're only 25 years old, you've turned two thousand dollars into a million dollars doing Bitcoin or Ethereum or something with cryptocurrency. How, what did you just get in at the right time, or how did you end up going down that route when you focus so much on health and fitness? Was it just you, you just caught your attention? Tell us the story there. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's um, it's well known now. It's, it was on the project last week, and it's obviously you're reading some uh, newspaper report or so forth there. So it's. It's an interesting story. I uh, went traveling for a year through Latin America and I saw a lot of poverty and injustice and corruption. I saw that the system really wasn't working in a lot of the countries as well as it could. You know, in Venezuela, sometimes a lot of the locals are just have no idea if the government's going to take all their money one day and then um, they're going to be even more um, in desperate times than, than at that moment. But basically, I got back and I had a Caught up with a with an old mate, and he was t- he was studying uh, he studied economics and hadn't been working for a while. And I was asking what he was doing, and he said, "Well, he bought some Bitcoin a couple of years ago, and it's just sort of riding that wave." And he was telling me about blockchain technology and um, the vision that this fellow who, or maybe a group of fellows or women, we don't know, uh, invented it. What the vision was and Really, it was quite inspiring to me at that at that moment. I was a bit of a free spirit and um, keen on exploring, I guess, a new economic paradigm. And he said, "Well, you know, you can you can purchase some Bitcoin and invest in that and, and see what happens." And so I did, and I sort of bought and sold and bought and sold over the years, and I probably broke even. But in 2014, he also told me about a, a new currency called Ethereum, and that had a bit more functionality to it. It was it was five years uh, younger than uh, Bitcoin and, and a lot more uh, prominent developers behind it. And he basically said this is sort of, you know, another one that could be really great to get into. And so I, I bought them at 30 cents each. Uh, I think I spent about $1,500 on an investment. And um, then he said, stick them in your bottom drawer and just forget about it for a few years. And I said, okay, great. And so, yeah, while I was there buying and selling my Bitcoin, trying to be a, a crypto genius, I put the uh, Ethereum out of my awareness. And then in April last year, started making headlines again. And, and I said to uh, one of my colleagues at work, I said, I think I might have $20,000 or so in here. And, and he said, oh, wow, that'd be amazing. I said, wouldn't it? <laughs> and um, then that night, I tried to log into my account and, of course, I made up some ridiculous password that no one could ever hack into. So I was spending a few hours <laughs> trying to actually log into my account. And about 1 a.m., I finally logged in and there was 5,290 Ether sitting there. And I plugged that to my calculator at $73 each and I had about 400 grand. <laughs> and, uh, that was uh, interesting, you know, more than probably 10 times, more than 10 times my annual income. Um, just sitting there in, in value, and it was uh, pretty. It was a lot more primitive than it is now. Even only 
what is it, nine months later mm. in that I actually had no idea how to sell them and I didn't know what to do and I felt like any mistake I made, I could lose all this money in an instant. Mm. Um, but o- over the next day, I eventually sold 75% of them, um, cashed in and then over the next six weeks, watched the price rise about seven times. So that was really exciting. Oh, that's <laughs> incredible. That's amazing. So you've, have you cashed out, Jordan? And if so, how has that changed your life like, and your perspective on life, having that I mean, huge change in, I guess, financial security at such a young age? Um, I mean, it's changed my life a lot. I have, I've cashed out slowly um, over the months since that, you know, date in April um, and still have a little bit of holdings in there and I guess it's just, you know, doing its thing and it's exciting to watch and, and be a part of and I'm lucky I did buy in 2014. But how has it changed my psychology and, and my life? It's changed it in a big way, changed in a massive way and I think it's important to mention that, you know, the, the whole overnight success thing, I'd spent a lot of time once I moved from Perth to Melbourne and, and start studying, um, sorry, working at Fifth Element Wellness, and I really spent a lot of time trying to understand money and personal finance and budgeting and investing and, and this sort of thing. And I feel like if I hadn't done that, I'd be in a lot of trouble where I probably would have spent most of it by now or, or lost it on some stupid bet. And um, so I guess it's the, it's the point leading up to that that it's the understanding of money has really changed for me and I'm really thankful that I did put in the work to, to get a grasp of investments and personal finance and, and understanding and that sort of thing. So I think it's just it, it, I'm constantly getting a deeper perspective on how I view this, um, I guess, win and it's important for me to stay grounded and, and grateful for what's happened and um, continue to build on, you know, what I've already worked on. So by no means am I going to move to Monaco and do all that. It's um, still on the same path and just I guess now I'm a bit further ahead than what I would have been without this win. Mate, congratulations. It's uh, it's definitely been a, an incredible journey over the last nine years and uh, I can see that there's going to be some big things for us to you know look upon and watch as you uh, as you grow as a professional and you continue to help tens of thousands of people rather than hundreds of people out. So uh, congratulations so far, Jordan, on what you've achieved. Thank you, Damo. I appreciate it, mate. It's really good, mate. Now, if people want to find you, then go to jordantravers.com. Is it .com.au or just .com? What are you, global? Just .com. Yeah, you've gone global. Well done, like me and Bretto. <laughs> and uh, so that's good. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, jordantravers.com. Go there, check him out. He's, uh, he's got some... Some really great information on there. You can buy his book and uh, and and learn more from what Jordan's wisdom is uh, is opening up for everybody. So, Jordan, thanks again for joining us on the Wellness Guys. We uh, really appreciate your time and wish you all the best in the future. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Wellness Guys Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on the Wellness Guys Show. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.